walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Are you in? All right, let's grow. God bless you. Have a seat. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, guys. You know what we just read? Again, that is truth. That's truth. And again, my my passion, my desire is that you'll know the truth and that the truth will set you free. And, uh, and specifically right now that you'll be set free from limiting labels that are on you. Again, we're ordinary people serving an extraordinary God and we're battling extraordinary forces in our life. And one of the biggest battles that we face is the battle that we face regarding labels, uh, labels that have been put on us. And, and I know this, I've seen this, they do have extraordinary power over us. And again, it could have been your parents to put the labels on you, maybe a, a priest or a pastor, or a sibling, a coach or a teacher, maybe some b- horrible bully or possibly yourself. You put the label on yourself and that label holds you back and it keeps you limited so what we're going to do and what we're doing right now in this series called limitless is we're pulling off all of those old uh, limiting labels and we're replacing them with limitless labels so today's message is entitled limitless purpose and uh, you, you could follow along right if you'd open your Bibles to Matthew chapter number seven and and today let me just be clear with you if you feel purpose less then today's your day today's the day you're going to tear off that purposeless uh, label and you're going to put on a new label and that new label is the label of limitless purpose now there are lies that come at us from all types of different sources. Uh, but the, the truth is, a lot of times we look at the source and that becomes our issue. But really, we have to look at the lie because that's the issue. Because whether the, the lie comes from a source that's close to you or someone you love or, or, or you think that loves you or, or doesn't love you, it, it doesn't matter. We need to think about the lie. And it's because those lies cause us to think a certain way about ourselves. The typical lies are this. You are worthless. You have no value. You are a waste. Uh, You're an accident. Maybe the statement that is said sometimes, why don't you make the world a better place and die? Or or this question, why do you even exist? And and for some of you, those exact phrases are actually crippling some of you because you look great on the outside, uh, but on the inside there are lies that are manipulating your thought processes. Hear me well. That is not truth. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I'm going to share some truth with you so that you can be free, so that you can confidently tear off the purposeless label that's on your life and you can get that out of your mind and you can replace it with a new label which is limited, excuse me, limitless purpose. 
See, one of the most asked questions I get as a pastor is people will ask me, well, I just need to know whatever God's will for my life is. What is God's will for my life? And, and really, I mean, that's something we all want to know. It's something we really need to know. And if, if you ask the question, if I were to ask you that question, what is God's will for your life? And, and if you're always drawing at a complete blank, the truth is, is that you're eventually going to believe one of those lies that I stated, one of those lies that basically says you're purposeless. And everybody wants to know why they are here in this particular particular time in history. We, I mean, we all want to know what to do with our lives. And when I was in high school, I was so concerned with where I was going to go to college. And then when I was in college, it was all about what is exact, what is going to happen after I get out of college and how am I going to leap out of college life and who's going to hire me and where am I going to live and where am I going to work? And, and my, my questions were even, will I even be able to do ministry work and, and what would I do? And, and the truth is, is I was finding my identity being kind of wrapped up in those questions. Eventually, my questions became, well, how am I going to provide for my new family? And, and, and even questions like, well, will I even be good at what I do? Because they even taught me this in college, is that 90% of those who start off pastoring within 10 years, they're not doing it. Within 10 years after college, they're not doing it. I mean, so my questions were, well, will I even find joy in ministry? And will, will, I, will what I do even matter? Will it make a difference? I mean, can, uh, can it be possible for a city to really be changed in the culture impacted for Christ? And those identity questions, they were assaulting my mind. And uh, during that time, I, I came onto the staff of a large church, and I was a children's pastor. Actually, I started as the assistant children's pastor. And, and, and it, was, it was kind of, you might, you might think, well, that's just this wonderful environment where everybody sits on clouds and you play harps and you, you pray all day. And that was not like that at all. It was just, it's, it was a job. It was just very, very, very hard work. And, but, but in this particular culture where I was serving, I, there were these more seasoned pastors that would just literally openly mock me and belittle me. And I don't really talk a lot about it, but I, in this message, you should hear it. Uh, I mean, I'll never forget when I was 24. And I was in a staff meeting, and about 20 of us were in there. And the senior youth pastor, uh, he, he, I had made a statement, and he glared at me after I made my statement. And he said, what do you know? You are nothing but a junior pastor. You're a glorified intern. Why don't you go babysit the kids and leave the real ministry to the real pastors, the professionals? I was told that once, and I'm going, okay, well, that is really special, you man of God, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> but I'm just telling you guys, it was a struggle, and I was wondering, am I even cut out for it? Because I'm not going to be that way, and is that what it means to be a pastor? <laughs> I eventually, after several years, I just served there for 14 years, I left, and I pastored a large church in the Kansas City area, and again, when I went there, my question is, am I, can I really do this? Am I really cut out for this? And I had plenty of struggles and shifts and changes and jolts and and, and the truth is, is that in life, when things are difficult, we tend to believe lies. In fact, we tend to believe the worst. And what I finally came to understand was this truth. And I, I wish it would have come to me earlier, but it didn't until maybe about, about 10 or 12 years ago. And it finally came to me, and it's this, is that what I do is not as important as really who I am. Because, you see, I can have limitless purpose if I know who I am. Yeah. Now, 
There's a difference between what you do and who you are. See, sometimes I, I, I see this, and as a pastor, I, quite, I see it quite a bit. I see people kind of moving from place to place, from job to job, from relationship to relationship, and they're going from church to church or, or group to group or even religion to religion in an attempt to find themselves. But the truth is you're never going to find yourself in what you do or where you live. Really important. And, and, and if you struggle with this, like most Americans do, then I want you to listen up because we need to ask ourselves this question, who am I going to be in this world? And, and that's a good question to ask. Another way of stating it is this, is what self-identity will determine my function? That's, the, that's a big question. I'll, I'll say, let me say it again. What self-identity will determine my function? Because our identity in life actually determines our function in life. Unfortunately, the vast majority of people are focusing on the function instead of their identity. And whenever we focus on our function, that's what we do, that throws things off because if and when, and I'm telling you it is a when, when the function changes, most people actually lose their sense of identity because it was wrapped up in the function and not in really who they are. After serving uh, as a pastor of a large church for nine years, I, I resigned and came back to this area. I wanted to be home, and I felt like this was the next step for me, and I still wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen when I came back into this area, and within a few months, I found myself managing a small business. I mean, I had to earn money, and that was a far cry from pastoring a large church. It was very different. And, and, and I'm telling you guys, that experience right there could have derailed me if I felt that my purpose was wrapped up in my function as the pastor of a large church. See, that's why we can never, ever allow our self-identity to be wrapped up in what we are doing. What will happen is our lives will become very unstable. But, but when you know your identity, then you're going to be able to discover that your function in life follows naturally. Now, now this, is, this self-identity is basically the foundation in your life. So I want us to look at Matthew chapter 7, verse number 24. This is, this is an important passage of Scripture. This is a story Jesus told. It's an illustration. And Jesus was talking about the importance of having that right foundation in our lives. And, and Jesus put it this way, real important terms here. He said, everyone, okay, that's good. So we know it's all encompassing. Everyone who hears these words that I'm saying, these words of mine, and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on a rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But, here's the antithesis. Everyone who hears these words of mine, now wait a minute, he's starting off the same way he did before. Everyone who hears these words of mine, but everyone who hears these words of mine, so again, it's the same group of people, people who have access to hearing. Get this? But everyone who hears these words of mine, but does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who builds his house on sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, I want to be a person who builds his life like that wise man. 
which means I'm going to lean into what Jesus, the word of God has to say so that I can always have a solid, strong foundation in my life. You see, I, I, I want to think it. I want to say it. I, I want to live it. I want to, to build on it. That's what I crave for my life. And as Jesus stated, it's, it's really simple. There are two simple keys for that solid foundation in your life, which is critical if you're going to have your right self-identity. Two keys to the self-identity. And here they are, excuse me, for the strong foundation. Here they are. First one is this. Hear and understand God's word and do it. Hear and understand. Second is do it. It's very simple. Now, my role uh, regarding these two keys is, is, is I do have a role in it. I am supposed to tell you and share the truth with you. And, but just like Jesus was saying, you, everyone is going to hear, but you have the choice of what you're going to do with it after that. So, so I choose to share it, and, and I, I really work diligently to try to present it in a way that makes sense to you, that opens up your mind, but then the rest is up to you. So let's establish our foundation, and let's be very, very clear about our self-identity, which I'm going to be showing you today, because here's the truth. Who you are is much, much, much more important than what you do. And when you know who you are, you're going to know what you're supposed to do. And if you get it backward, you're going to be uh, constantly trying to discover uh, what you're supposed to do through uh, your possessions or through your popularity or through activities or even volunteerism. And I'm just telling you guys, those things are all very, very fleeting. They're, it's like sand. It, it shifts and it changes abruptly. You can't build your life on that. There's no foundation there. My sons and I were camping, we're camping out on this remote beach in the Gulf of Mexico a few weeks ago, and, and one day, I, it was very strange, the weather shifted rapidly, and being away from phones and media, we had no idea what was going on, all you can do is look at the sky and try to figure it out, but everything shifted in a kind of a crazy way, and, and we didn't know this, but a tropical depression uh, had formed in the Gulf, and the waves went from one foot to four to, f four to six feet very quickly, and the wind direction shifted, and it began blowing on us, and our tent began to like blow away and oh why it's because our foundation was on the sand uh, let me tell you nothing stay you can't build you can't stay there it's, and so so we ended up taking the kayaks and we pulled them around and and we, we took the kayaks over to one side of the tent and 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 anchored the tent in as many ways as we could to the kayaks to hold the kayaks in place to to literally keep the the tent from blowing away and, and it worked. I mean, the next morning, the kayaks had even slid more up the, up the beach, but, but we, we stayed put. And, and, and uh, it was, you know, we, we could have just left it there in the sand. It would have been kind of pleasant and nice and fluffy and airy and pleasant there in the sand. But I tell you what, the truth is, our camping experience would have turned into a disaster if we wouldn't have really been anchored. And, and that's, that's what happens when our life foundation is built on what we do. I'm telling you guys, you can have your dream job. You can have a corner office at the 40th floor of Burnett Plaza looking over the city. You can have like the best looking spouse or significant other. You can, you can be a person who shows up at every one of the city's socials and serves on all kinds of committees. But the truth is, if you don't know your true identity, you ultimately will not have joy. And 
your life's going to be empty and confusing and you're going to be dizzy because you're going around in circles. There are a lot of symptoms of this and I see a lot of symptoms of this even, uh, even with, with people who love God. You know, one of them is, is, is something that, that the world sees about the church and says, I don't want to be a part of that because the church is full of angry, judgmental people. And not this church, but, but in general, the people see that and they perceive that. And I'll tell you why. It's because those people are all wrapped up in what they do, not in who they are. They don't really know who they are. They're in situations where, where they're, they're constantly even attacking others and putting others down. And, 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 and people, even atmospheres, and you'll find what's very interesting is those atmospheres, people really can't even worship very much because they're just so focused on do, 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 do. They're not focusing on being who they are. See, because the truth is, when I think about simplicity of loving my wife, Loving my sons and loving the City Life Church family with Jesus thoughts and with Jesus character and with Jesus actions, making Jesus known. I'm telling you guys, my heart explodes and I want to say, yes, I want to do that. In that, I have limitless purpose. And really, that's an amazing foundation to live on. See, limitless uh, thinking is, is, is really where we have to go with this. We have to begin to think like Jesus. And, and the Bible says it clearly. Paul put it this way. He said, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value other people above yourself. Not looking out for your own interests, but looking out for the interests of other people. And, and I like it because he says, have this same mindset as Jesus. And if you're willing to adopt this way of thinking, what you're actually doing is you're creating a rock-solid foundation because this is how Jesus thinks. This is the mindset of Jesus. And when we get our mind in the right place and we start thinking this way, then you're going to begin to know your purpose. And, you can, and so when you change the way you think, you're, all, you're also going to be able to know God's will because that's another question I get. How do I know God's will for my life? And that's wrapped up in the purpose. Well, here's how to know God's will. It's, it's written in the scriptures very clearly. It says, do not conform. Don't be a conformist, okay? Don't conform to the pattern of the world. That means you don't have to do everything that everybody else is doing around you. But instead... If you want to know God's will for your life, you have to be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. I mean, you're going to have to think different. And it says that then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good will, his pleasing will, and his perfect will. So, so lying this foundation of having strong and healthy self-identity means we're going to think God's way. We're not going to think and operate the same way that the world does. We're going to be nonconformists. And, and, and that means you're going to be willing to boldly reject the world's way of thinking so that you can transform your mind, transform your thinking, and lay that strong foundation for yourself. And one of the best ways you can begin to transform your thinking is critical. It's so overly simple, a lot of people miss it. But it's this, is to let God love you. Let him love you. America's the wealthiest nation on this earth, yet we seem to be the most miserable, <laughs> more miserable than any other nation in the world. And you travel the world, you'll see it. Why? I believe it's because we've not found our purpose in just allowing ourselves to be loved by Father God. Instead, well, what we are doing is we're loving the prosperity 
that Father God has actually blessed us with. Unfortunately, is the blessing of prosperity turns into a curse when that becomes what we love. Because, see, the blessings are never designed to be the purpose. Rather, our purpose is to be simply found in the one who blesses us. So, so then God can begin to work through you. Then you begin to have limitless power flowing through you because God is a limitless God, the power of God himself. That's what he wants. He wants that limitless power from him to work through you. And, and the scripture says, Paul tells it well, he says, God, he is able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or even imagine according to his power that's at work where? In the world? in the world, but it actually comes from within us. It's in us, guys. Let, just let God love you. Let God pour himself into you. And that scripture is incredible because it describes how we can have the limitless power of God that's available to every single one of us. And he wants his power to be unleashed on a very dysfunctional world. If Christ is your savior, it's already in you. Your purpose is found right there. I mean, look around you. This week, uh, examine your world. Where's the love? Where's the joy? Well, it's not found in government. It's not going to be found in the corporate world. It's not going to be found in possession. It's not going to be found in thrilling experiences. The truth is authentic love and joy is only found in a person. It's found in Jesus, and he's the source of life himself. And that's why Jesus absolutely must be our focus. And if we're going to have that strong foundation, then we're going to be able to experience limitless purpose. But there's another tool that's working against us, and it's these thoughts that we're not good enough, that we've failed God, that we've, that we've done too much evil, or that we've ruined ourselves, and we've made these horrible, terrible choices. Those thoughts that, well, I'm worthless, that I'm limited. And, and I'm telling you guys, that is a huge lie. And I want to give you the truth. Because in Luke 15, Jesus tells us this story about this young man. And this young man demanded to have his share of his inheritance from his father before his dad even died. Kind of crazy, but he did. And then he took his share of the inheritance and, and he blew his money on partying and crazy living and total self-absorbed extravagance. And then when he ran out of money, he had to go to work. Unfortunately, he had to go to work in a pig pen and he realized at that point when he was eating pig food that he had made a huge mistake. And so Jesus tells the end of the story this way. Speaking of that guy, he says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and yet here I am starving to death? I will set out and go back to my father and say to him. So he has this little speech planned. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So he memorizes the speech. He says, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your lowest servants, a hired servant. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off. The father saw him and the father was filled with compassion for him. And the father ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. And the son started with his speech. He said, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But 
the father interrupted. He said, no, I would say he shouted to his servants, quick! <laughs> you imagine the kid going, whoa, whoa what's this? What's, what's getting ready to happen here? Quick! Get the best robe and put it on him. Get, uh, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and I want you to get the fattened calf and kill it. We're going to have a feast, and we're going to celebrate. Now, if anyone had issues, it was this guy. In his own shame, what that son had done, and catch this, is he had placed this label upon himself that he thought was appropriate. But the father wouldn't go for that label. In fact, he didn't even let him finish his speech of shame. He wasn't even listening to him, obviously. And the, the, the son had to literally change his way of thinking, and the dad was going to make sure of that. And I'm going to tell you guys, if your failures are still haunting you, you need to change your way of thinking as well because it's time for a new label, and that new label is purposeful. You do have purpose. Limitless purpose must be the foundation of how you think. See, the father in this story interrupted his son's uh, a ridiculous rant about his false label, and he got his son back into his right frame of mind. And I want to remind you, when you abandon your old ways and when you choose to walk in God's authority, you're actually wearing, like the son, a robe of honor. Guys, it's not based on your accomplishments. It's not based on what you do. It's, it's, it's not based on your failures or what you did. You are wearing a robe of honor based upon what Jesus did for you. God, your Father, honors you. Also, you get something else. You get God's authority. See, the ring that was placed on his finger meant that the authority really belongs to the father. And so when the, when the son had this ring of authority placed on his finger, he realized that his self-defined label of being the lowest of the low was a lie. And that label was torn off him. I want to tell you guys, I don't care what your past was. You have God's authority because you are in Christ. God has given you his own identity. You see, when he looks at you, he sees Jesus. That's incredible grace. We call that amazing grace. In fact, this label of limitless purpose, this label of being purposeful means that you are wearing a robe of honor. It means that you have God's authority, and it also means that you're God's child. Hey, guys, you're not some hired servant. You're not an employee of God. Let your self-identity be consumed with this truth. You're God's child. And with, with limitless purpose, understanding you are purposeful, you can wear that robe of honor, and you can operate in God's authority regardless of what you've done. And understanding this is that God celebrates you. See, you deserve a party. <laughs> the father totally ignored the son's rehearsed speech that he should only be a servant. Instead, the father threw him a party, just like God celebrates you. Some of you had a hard time grasping that. God doesn't celebrate me. No, 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 no. Yes, he does. <laughs> did, did, did you know that you mean that much to God? Your fundamental purpose should be this. Allow Father God to love you 
Stop saying you're not worth it. Stop thinking and acting like, well, if I just do more, I'm going to get God's favor. Because if you think that way and live that way, you will be purposeless. And you're going to keep going in circles from frustration to frustration and being angry and upset and moving around, not sure of who you are or where you're going. And you have issues. So now, guys, I'm telling you, give up your issues. Give up your doubt. Stop letting that stuff define you and get into that new self-identity and soar with limitless purpose. What should your response be to all this? Very simple. Worship God. And then what you do in life is going to flow naturally. It's all going to flow naturally. It's no longer about performance. It's about letting God love us love him in return as simple as it is that is profound and it is life altering and will make you the most secure person in this world that's who we are I want us to pray just close your eyes for just a moment and I want you to focus internally and if you want to know this Jesus that I'm talking about you want this clean slate and you're ready to live your life with a renewed sense of purpose I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond you want to be included in this closing prayer make Jesus the Lord of your life I'm going to count three and ask you to lift your hand because faith is when we respond outwardly to what is happening inwardly one God loves you so much two he died for you so that you may have life three everything happens today will you lift your hand you need Jesus. Lift your hand for me. Thank you. Everyone, please stand. And, and if you stand, stand up, everyone. And if you raise your hand, I want you, along with everyone in this room, to pray these words with me. Pray these words with me now. Dear Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. I believe you are the Son of God. Please forgive my sins. Today I give up my past. And I embrace the future that you have for me. I choose to let you love me. I choose to let you celebrate me. And I will love you in return. Thank you for limitless purpose, for I am purposeful. In Jesus' name, amen.